teachers, I'm Carly Walton and this is the Teach Music Online podcast, a show where you'll find tips and strategies for growing your music studio. I'm all about automating business tasks, growing through social media and teaching with the best online tools. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. If you are new to the podcast, a huge welcome to you. Thank you so much. On this show, I get to share tips from my own experience teaching online for the last eight years, as well as the collective experiences of amazing teachers from around the globe who who are doing really incredible things with their studios, with their business, with their music, with their writing, with so, so, so many things that I feel are so inspiring to me and I hope are inspiring to you as well. One of my favorite parts about running a podcast is getting to have real life adult conversations. (laughs) (laughs) with some of the coolest people that I've ever met. Many of you know that I'm a mother. I have three daughters, ages five, three, and one. I guess at the time this goes live, five, four, and one. And I'm expecting our fourth in December. So, so much of my day, as you can imagine, is helping our girls learn how to do all of the things and playing with them and often helping them learn how to be kind and clean up after themselves and learn. We're homeschooling our oldest, Whitney, and she's five. So we are teaching her reading. I'm working on piano with her. So my days are filled with lots of giggles and just having fun with our little girls. But it feels like just the greatest gift to get to learn from the most some of the most incredible incredible musicians as I get to do these podcast interviews and learn from them and learn from what they're they are learning as they figure out their own businesses. I hope that you're enjoying them as well because when I'm doing these interviews I often think of you and I think of what you would ask this teacher and what you would want to know from them and I always have you in mind so I hope that comes across in these discussions. Our guest today, Diana Cummings, was born and raised in New York. She later moved to Florida, where she attended university, taking her from Tampa to Miami, where she found her love for teaching. She's been a music teacher for 17 17 years, working to motivate all age groups. Currently, she runs her online piano studio full-time and an inspirational YouTube channel from North Carolina with her faithful fur baby, (laughs) Zena. In today's discussion, Diana helps us understand how we can think beyond the bench with each and every student, and how we can really instill in them some important characteristics that will help them be successful in life. I think our discussion is so timely. There are so many students each of us work with who are going through challenges, whether it's in their family or in their schools or with friends, and we as their teacher have an opportunity every single week to get to be a light in their lives and be a bit of a mentor for them. And that's exactly what we talk about in this call. Diana also talks about overcoming some challenges of running a business and how to set effective goals. Enjoy this discussion with Diana Cummings. Diana, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Hey, Carly. I am so honored (laughs) to be here and hang out with you. Well, it's so fun for me to get to visit with members and hear a little bit more about your passions and why you do what you do and how you got introduced to TMO as well. It's just all a lot of really fun discussion. So to start with, tell our listeners where you live and what you're teaching right now. I currently uh, reside in North Carolina, and uh, this is new for me. I'm only I've only been here for a year now, and um, I'm sorry, I already forgot the for a second. 
<laughs> okay. Just tell us a little bit about your studio. Oh, my studio currently, I teach um, majority online through a platform. And I also have students of my own through Dynamic Piano Studio, um, some of whom I've kept on since I moved from Miami, Florida, where I lived for 10 years. So that's why North Carolina is so new. Uh, yeah, I was in Miami, Florida, and I taught middle high in a brick and mortar school where I taught group piano. And uh, I decided to, yeah, transition. And now I'm here in North Carolina and loving it. Truly Do you it. like living there? I've never, well, I've spent a little bit of time in Asheville, but that's it. <laughs> well, my goal is to get to Asheville, but I've actually, I grew up in New York and I feel like I had been in Florida for what, 16 years, I think. And at this point, like I always felt this urge for the seasons again. So just the ability to experience fall and winter and yes. different wardrobes <laughs> is always fun. So yeah. That sounds like me. I grew up in Arizona and it was either just like hot or a little bit cold. <laughs> right, right. It was, there's no in between. I used to no just, variety. I waited for that 160 degree week that we used to have in Miami. I was like, yes. And then that was it. That was back to 80 degrees every day. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, so as we've chatted a little bit about some things that you love to do and as a teacher, some of your passions, Something you mentioned is that it's your passion to take students off the bench and or or beyond, I shouldn't say off the bench, but right. beyond the bench and empower them to accomplish any dream that they have. And I think that's a really unique passion because you're not just thinking about the next song they're passing off or the next recital. Um, tell us what are those, tell us about that and what are some of the characteristics you hope to instill in your students? Well, you know, <laughs> I always felt like I fell into piano teaching and for many years I fought it. I was like, why am I here? <laughs> How did I end up teaching piano? Uh, I never, you know, some people will say I always dreamt of this. I enjoyed it. That's just not my story. And it took me years to be okay with that and to recognize what my purpose and call was in the classroom. And I started to see, uh, one day I remember standing in front of my class, this is when I was teaching middle high, and I said, guys, I'm not your piano teacher. Like, I'm here for so much more than that. And I hope you recognize that you're here for so much more than piano. Like, you learned so much beyond a song, just by learning a song. Like, you know, there's so much to it, which we know as educators that what it takes to actually learn a piece from start to finish, what it takes to even show up to a lesson and then moving forward to what it takes to be part of a recital. You know, like there's so much that's being learned in the process. And so I'd always, I always like to stop with my students and recognize the, the hurdles they're crossing in the process of learning. Um, I'm very much about like brain-based learning. I'm still learning about a lot of that, but I know you said the characteristics, and so I'll circle back around to that. And the first one is definitely confidence, you know? And I started to share with students that it said that whenever you conquer something you never thought possible, that's where your confidence grows. And so when I would have these high schoolers enter into my classroom, uh, they, they'd be like, I didn't sign up for this. And I'd be like, great, welcome. I'm so glad you're here because you're going to learn something you never imagined possible. And they would leave and they'd be like, miss, I never thought I could do this. Like just 
them experiencing that, I saw them walk taller. I saw them come in and like sit at the piano and make it their own. And now as I teach this younger group online, I'm it's able to do the same thing. You know, some of them sign up, they're like, I just wanna learn how to play. But when we start getting from the black keys to the white keys, uh, from songs they've never heard of to, I know this one, oh, it's a joy, merrily, like there's, it lights them up inside. And confidence isn't something that just stays in music. It's something that far surpasses that. They can take that into school. They can take that, you know, later on for my high schoolers into interviews and jobs and say, I already did something that I never thought I could do. So that's like the number one characteristic that I love uh, about teaching piano. The second one, I have three. So the second one is def is discipline. Um, I think as adults, we understand that <laughs> motivation lasts for a moment, but after that, you have to have discipline for it, right? And I think you you actually mentioned that in one of your trainings, Carly, in TMO. You know, like it, it goes way beyond like, oh, I signed up for this or I just want to be part of this. But then it takes, how am I going to schedule this into my calendar and how am I going to do that? Now, as students, I translate that into you chose this song, you saw it get a little bit hard. Are you going to continue it from the beginning to the end or are you gonna stop because it got a little bit hard, right? So how are you going to overcome, right? That's another part is overcomers. They become overcomers through piano, but that's another, another thing. But the discipline to actually finish what you start, what you say you're going to do. And I think that's huge and something they could apply, again, not just to piano, but also to life. Like I signed up for karate. I want to quit now, but let me continue <laughs> because let me at least get my yellow belt, you know, like setting these small goals become part of their discipline as well. And that's something that we do within my courses. Like I say, all right, what's our goal? Our goal was to go from uh, this book to the the page 30, you're going to get halfway there by December. That's the goal that I want you to set. And um, yeah, that's pretty much like any musician can agree if we, we, it takes discipline to do the instrument, but then we're able to do that in life and friendship and eating and finances, like it can overflow. That's a characteristic mm -hmm. that's developed. And the last one might not necessarily be a characteristic, uh, but a sense of belonging is really important to me, especially in this day and age. You know, it's, <laughs> life is hard, I think, for this generation. Life follows them home, you know? Like, they if they don't feel like they belong in school, it's like they still see it online and things like that. And I guess I want to develop within them that they are enough with who they are, that there is a group of people that will love and honor them for what they love and appreciate, like music. You know, it, especially, you know, if you've ever taught in the high school level or middle school, you know, like the arts are, it's click of its own, right? Like they're, they stick together. Yeah. Uh, and so even online, you know, when I'm teaching online, I'm, I'm really intentional with those students um, because I teach groups. And if somebody doesn't show up, it's easy to just be like, all right, they'll be back whenever they come back. They already pay for the class. <laughs> but, you know, I always reach out and say, hey, just checking in, making sure everything's all right with you guys. And you'd be amazed at like the messages that I get back from people with what people are going through. People are always going through something. And they they so appreciate that their child is cared for in that way. Like belonging doesn't just count for the student. It's for the parent, too. Like 
a parent, I think their deepest desires for their child to be like cared for outside of their care, you know, for people to really take care of them. And so um, I just, I, I really make it intentional for them to feel part of something, for every child to feel engaged. And even whether it's me looking at them, calling out their name, I say welcome to every single student as they arrive which I actually, I got the idea from social media. At one point I saw a teacher who shook every student's hand walking in the classroom to you know, make that contact. So online I just say, hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You know, even if they don't ever talk, I let them know they're seen and they're, they're, they're important. I love that. I love those values and, and having that kind of at the forefront of your mission changes how you view your mission as a teacher. Like if it's just about money and it's just about numbers, that can actually be a lot harder and demotivating. Um, But when we make it about the student, it makes it, and then when we see the result, then the marketing's fun because we're like, I've seen what I have to give. And I see what students in this day need like what kids need and mm-hmm. I want to be that person to you know get in front of them and to be there for them yes yes and it's it's we're <laughs> in my belief I believe that we're all vessels like we're meant to share something within us that's deeper than our job or our career and I think as music teachers we have such man like you know other teachers when I would work in the school they're like oh I have to do this I was like I get to teach music like it's the most magical experience where kids would come in and they'd be like I don't want to leave can I stay here all day and I'm like I'm sorry you got to go to English (laughs) like not to say anything about English teachers but you know like they have to go to their core classes but it just it, it connects to something so much deeper than just a subject that they're learning Okay, I have a couple of follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. With teaching group, yeah. um, there's a lot of questions that I get asked about group classes. How did you get into teaching group and was that a hard transition? You know, it's like teaching that has followed me all through my life. Like <laughs> when I when I first interned, I, actually no, I, after I graduated from graduate school, I covered a maternity leave at a school and it was a K through eight, Uh, school and she had a group program running after school and I had never taught before group piano and I was like what in the world is happening like I don't know what we're doing and I didn't have much guidance because she had left so I kind of just had to create something moving forward Mm -hmm. and as I would google I stumbled upon um, Daniel Patterson's uh, things that he would talk about how to teach group lessons and they were just so informative his blog and I got a lot out of it um and then I just, and then I left and I never imagined after the maternity leave, even touching that again. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then I applied for a position. I just applied to a company and one of their schools called me back and they said, Hey, can you come in for an interview? And I was like, sure. What is it for? And they were like, I'm not sure I'm new here. Like the secretary was new. So I go in for the interview and I, I'm sitting there and they're talking, they're asking me all the preliminary questions and then they stop and they go, have you ever taught piano before? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like that was my thing. That's what I've been doing for years. I had just gone to grad school for elementary. They're like, music. oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, it was just so, it was so, I, I think it was destined and timely, I believe. And, and they, 
yeah and i said yeah they're like great this is for a full-time group piano class i was like what like i i'd never heard of that it wasn't offered a lot it's not even offered right now at a lot of schools so yeah that's how i got into group piano and i i had the woman thankfully um she was amazing she was there for two weeks before i took over which you know it could have it's it's good and bad like because i got to see the transition the kids are upset but at the same time, she was so wonderful as to share how she ran things. And she had a, she had done it, I think, for six years at that point. So she had kind of developed her own thing along the way. And, you know, she set me up for success before she left on how she ran it. And then I was there for eight years and I developed my own thing there as well. And it changed every couple of years, really for my sanity and for the kids. You know, like I had, you have those yeah. kids that crossover and they're in your class two years in a row and um but yeah I really yeah I learned a lot take did you take the curriculum you kind of did there and implement that online I'm sure it's morphed and changed because online is obviously different and you're probably working with younger students online as well yes it's at the beginning in high school I really just created my own thing like I would pick and choose songs that I could find for them that I knew would relate to them and then as they went up in levels, I offered them to bring in their own pieces that they wanted to play. And that would be like their project. But then Mm -hmm. we'd still work on group songs just to implement standard uh, foundational concepts for them. So we'd all play like two songs at the beginning of class. And then I say, all right, now it's your solo practice time. And they'd take out their solo songs and they would just, you know, play away on their pieces that they chose, which was really cool. Um, Now that I'm teaching the younger group, I stick to one method uh, and I teach that method, which, you know, some say (laughs) some are for it, some are against it. I totally understand. Uh, But I teach them all the same. And we move like as a like a school would from one grade to the next all together. I've also done it on my own in my own studio with group when I was in person where I would teach differentiated like you're all doing your own thing, which was also really nice. Like everybody's working on their own book, their own song. But I've I've honestly loved every different aspect and just made it my own. Like sometimes I'm concerned with the younger ones when there's like, for instance, in the online one, I've had kids where I'm like, you're clearly, you're you're 10 pages ahead. And the parents are like, they don't want to leave though. They love the group. Like they want to be, it goes back to, they just want to be part of something. They're like, they just love being there and they love hearing their classmates, even if they're ahead of them. And yeah. they will stay in the group and then we'll also take some private classes so that they can, it, it's been amazing. It's just, <laughs> that's how they- That's it really is. cool. That's really cool to have found something that's working and there's never like uh, any reason to not adapt as well. Like you can always adapt and change and try new things. and. That's the the best part of being your own studio owner is you're not required to do anything, really. Absolutely, yeah. So you just pivot to what what works best for that season. And I think, you know, sometimes there's a lot of fear associated to that. People don't want to change because of what people might think. But when you lead with confidence in your business, People will follow like you are the trusted musician in this picture. You know, like if you're the piano, they're going to trust you. But if you're always looking for their confirmation, they're looking for you to lead. So I think that's where I've also grown and learned a lot. Like when I establish the expectation and 
I think the most important part though is communication, like communicating with the families and being in con consistent communication, mm. not just every once in a while, but they also want to know what's going on. Even if they don't reach out to you, they're, they're probably having conversations at home. That's like, what's yeah. going on? how's your lesson? And then the kids, you know, <laughs> <laughs> their answers can be quite entertaining at times. So it's best yeah. that you communicate before that. So. I agree. I think I mentioned this in the course, but if it's, if you have to wait for them to reach out to you, then you've waited too long. Like, too late. Too late. You're too late. yeah, you're too late because they tend to only reach out when there's an issue versus, you know, correct. Correct. And that's not fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'd love to rewind back a little bit. You've been a TMO member now for a while. And yeah. I, I want to know how you found us and what made you decide to join. If you can think back to that point when you were pre-TMO community member. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I've been an avid podcast listener for some time. I just find there's so many gems on there. And there was a podcast I had been listening to prior to yours and they took a sabbatical, like they took a break. And so I kept going on to find new episodes and I was like, where's the podcast? <laughs> I couldn't find new episodes. So I was like, all right, let's go to the search. And I started searching up piano and honestly yours caught my eye. And then I listened to the first episode, which I believe was your time management one, which is still my favorite part of your 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 teaching is how to manage your time in blocks and how to mm -hmm. schedule that out by month and i was like i'm sticking to it. i just loved your your communication style and how you're very organized and you had so many gems of how you have been a successful online teacher and i was like oh when people are like that i'm like I, if carly could do it i could do it i think i could do it <laughs> yes <laughs> So that's how I felt after listening. And so, and then I, and then you mentioned TMO on the podcast mm -hmm. and I always search up stuff after I'm like, Ooh, let me see what TMO is. It sounds like something I could do. And yeah, I, I joined on in and it's been such a beautiful experience, it's such a beautiful community that you've led in within there. And so I'm just so honored to be part. Oh, well, you're a big part of that community. And I was just realizing it's been three years since we've started Wow. And it's amazing to me, like 2019, fall of 2019, I started that membership and six months before COVID. And we probably had 45 teachers in there initially, and they were all prepped for that transition during COVID. And they couldn't believe it. They were like, how did this even happen? Like, hmm. I randomly joined this, you know, membership thinking it would be nice to know, you know, some of these skills. And then they actually really needed them. <laughs> Talk about timing, that right there. <laughs> I know, I know. That's it wasn't, terrible. it was meant to be. Yeah, I always say it was not a coincidence that I felt no. prompted to, to start that. I'd love to hear what, you know, every member is different and has different struggles and challenges in their business. Have there been any specific lessons or modules that you feel like, you mentioned time management, any others that have been a big impact in your business? Uh, definitely definitely the marketing you know um i just love that you give templates and how to word things when it comes to marketing to facebook groups and things of that nature uh because honestly i i don't i didn't know how to even approach the admins of facebook groups and to have that i felt like gave me the confidence to continue that pursuit and so that's been 
the most helpful to me outside of time management. I think it's all helpful, honestly. I don't, I don't even like choosing one because they're all so well done. Uh, but that's definitely along with scheduling mindset is definitely in there too. Like I, I love that there's within each module, you don't just speak to the, the topic per se, but it also takes a lot of mindset. Business ownership is, <laughs> it's a constant, yeah, it's a constant self motivation. Like it has to come from another place than just putting simple practices into place. So that's been super helpful. Right. Well, and it's interesting because most, most piano teachers, guitar teachers, voice teachers don't realize they are business owners. They kind of just fall into it. And then when it gets hard or they have these fears, they feel bad about themselves. And it's like, no, that's just part of being running your own business. Like things happen that affect your mind and that make you sad or overwhelmed or make you think you can't do it. And all of that is completely normal. Right. And, and at one point, um, (laughs) I'm just thinking to some groups that I am in on Facebook and how self-defeating it could be if I, I, I just, I come in and out just so that I don't pick up on the energy that's in there at times. Um, and that's something that I love about TMO as well is that it's so positive and people are there to help you. Like nobody's wallowing in anybody else's pain. Like, oh yeah, me too. I can't stand. No, people are like, let's help you through this. Like, let me take your hand and pull you up out of the mud because if we're both in there, then nobody's benefiting. And you know, the, the main part of all of it that I I've just noticed is business brings out in you things that you need to work on within yourself. You know, if, if you're not confident, it's going to come out in how you approach people and how you respond to emails and how you teach. And so, or if you're insecure or you have so like those are issues that at some point should also be addressed and stop looking at it's everybody else, but rather look within. Sometimes it is other people. I'm not going to lie. It's like sometimes people do come at you for no reason uh, because of, again, it's whatever they're going through. You know, people come back with emails that are, uh, what, what would be the word for it? Like spicy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's not the word, but they, they catch you off guard. And I've learned to just leave things. And sometimes they work it out themselves because everybody's going through something. You know, the people you're dealing with are going through something. We're going through something. And it's, I think, just giving yourself time to reflect is so important. It's such an important part of the journey. Like, not just being like, go, 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 go. Because if you're not reflecting on what are your wins, your loss, there's a a business terminology called SWAT, your strengths, your weaknesses, your observations, and your threats. And if you stop each week and go through those, then you could really start to track things and not get caught up to the point where you get upset and then felt feel defeated. And I think that's so important. Well, and nothing good ever comes out of feeling defeated. Like it only brings you inside and it doesn't help you accomplish anything when you have those those feelings of defeat or overwhelm. It's like that that's not gonna get you anywhere. And that actually leads into my my last question, which there's someone listening today who feels defeated or mm. feels like they, you know. They used to love teaching, but maybe they can't find that again. And I've been in that place. Um, I'm sure you've had moments like that. What would you, what what words would you give to that teacher? What's something they can either do or something they can think about to kind of bring themselves back to 
why they do what they do. Well, this hits very close to home, Carly, because <laughs> I was in this just a few months ago. Even, you know, you're, you're in everything, supposing to help you and everything, but it's, again, we're, we're, there's always a tax happening that we're, again, could be something that you're already working through or life happening around you. And um, I, I have three things that I've recently discovered on my journey. And the first is to take a break take a break. You know, I, burnout is very real, especially as a business owner, business owner mixed with a teacher, like get out. You're, you're gonna, <laughs> burnout is going to happen at some point if it hasn't already. I'm not speaking that over anybody, but it can happen. And when I look at my schedule last year, September to this year, I'm like, that's why I was burned out. I was teaching like nine classes a day. And I was like, how did I sustain that for eight months, 10 months? And you know, I took a break. I took a month off the month of August. Was it the best financial decision? Probably not. The best mental and emotional? Absolutely. Because I was ready to look at a different career. I was done. I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I can't do this because it just feels, I felt like I was drowning. I literally felt as though I was drowning in everything that it took to sustain. And it's funny, like halfway through that break, I was like, when I started looking at other things, I recognized teaching is truly a gift. Like this is a gift. And, and in my belief, it's like one of the most powerful like things that have come to this earth is, is teaching a teacher. And it's, I had to, I started to say like, I don't want to leave teaching, but I can't sustain what I was doing. So how can I now adjust? Um, and y'all might be listening and be like, how, a month off, yeah, okay, like that's not possible for me. But um, it might not look like a month off for you. It might look like stop working after seven. It might look like take a full day off once a week. Like give yourself one day to reset. Or maybe it's planning a trip away like once every other month. And it's not away, it could be a staycation right there in your city. But planning breaks is so necessary. It's something I'm learning as a business owner. Um, the second thing is being willing to pivot. I think as educators, we know that the pivot is always necessary. If you teach in a school, you know, and they're like assembly time, this time, pull out time, the kids are coming to like, the, everything is happening around you and you learn to pivot. So the same is true as a business owner. How can I adjust like mine? Mine was, I need to adjust my schedule because this is not working for me. And so I've adjusted it to longer class times. And at first I was like, I don't know if I can handle this, but then I'm like, oh, it makes my day a lot smoother if I'm not going from 30 to 30 to 30 to 30 to 30 all day. Um, and that's been a great opportunity for me to just see what works and what doesn't. And I don't think that's the last time I'll pivot. I actually wanna go, I, I'm at 50 right now. I'm gonna probably go to 45 in January. You know, again, like you said earlier, Carly, like it's my business. I could do, and either you're here for it or you're not. And the people who are meant to be part of your world will be drawn to your world because they, they see it works for them. And the last thing I've recently done is to give myself a goal within my business. Uh, and I, I like to do a whole bunch of different things. I'm always like scattered. I'm like, maybe I should do this business or that business. Da, 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 da. And I just had to say, I actually listened to um, a YouTube by Jessica Stansberry. And she was talking about niching. 
which I've seen so many niche videos before and I'm like, ah, whatever. And I just decided to listen to this one. And I believe there's a reason behind that. And she spoke about giving a, whether it's a time goal or a financial goal, like give yourself some type of goal within your business that you're looking to attain before you start doing a whole bunch of other things. And that's what I started to do. I was like, all right, here's my financial goal within this many months. And then if it's not working out by then, then adjust, but at least try, you know, I feel like sometimes we give up before we even try. So I'm like, I have to just give this my heart before I try to do 10 other things I'm going to. And believe it or not, within the past two weeks that I've done that, so much has changed. So much has changed. And it's it just gave me clarity and confirmation that this is it. Like, just keep moving, Diana. Just keep going forward. Give your heart to it and then adjust later. <laughs> I love that. So many good, so many good thoughts to embrace. Um, I love that you mentioned setting goals and, you know, some people don't want to set goals because they know if they don't make the goals, it's a downer. But the purpose of a goal is to create momentum and to re-inspire yourself. It is not to accomplish the goal, actually. (laughs) Like, congrats if you do, but it's to create, because you act differently when you have a goal. Like, it changes how you plan how you find how you research how to accomplish i mean everything changes when you have a vision in mind versus not having that vision at all and i love that that you mentioned that (laughs) that is awesome i like that carly i haven't heard that before but (laughs) it's so true we all get locked like i mean me i'm always thinking about weight loss and like all that and i've recently come out of that and been like it's all about the lifestyle which is true but you like you said it's the momentum towards building that and then it's you know because once you reach the goal then what that's what happens to people a lot then when they say now what i've reached it and then it's like there's a loss of purpose for that moment because everything was wrapped up in getting to this and then (laughs) yeah (laughs) so cool thank you so much for everything you've shared you know you mentioned how the podcast has been inspiring to you but now you get to be a part of that inspiration and your words and experiences and everything you shared I know is going to touch teachers so thank you so much for taking the time to really think about these questions and share really truly from your heart without you know holding back (laughs) thank you Carly it has been such a joy honestly to to be on something that I has encouraged my heart so much in my journey and has made such a difference in my teaching and who I am as a teacher so Thank you for following your purpose. I appreciate it. Who is your business coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I created a virtual course and coaching membership called Teach Music Online that I want to invite you to join me in. With 60 plus videos, online teaching certification, monthly live group sessions, hundreds of hours of recordings, and online forums, you'll know exactly how to create a thriving online business that gives you the flexibility and freedom that I know you deserve. Plus, you'll have the support of hundreds of like-minded teachers along the way. So when you're ready to really take what you're learning on this podcast, the 10X level, then come check out the Teach Music Online membership at teachmusic.online forward slash membership. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and as always, happy teaching.